Welcome to the Sick and Successful Podcast. This podcast was created with the purpose of being real. Diving deep into the behind the scenes of what it's like to be successful while struggling with some of life's biggest challenges. In this podcast, there is no holding back. The tough questions are asked, hard things are said, and week after week, our hosts bring you tangible tips and tricks to live your best life. We're here to show you that you don't have to settle for good enough, that you can shoot for the stars and accomplish your wildest dreams. The road to get there may look a little different, but we're here to prove to you that it's not only possible to be sick and successful, but it's possible for you. Dream big and tune in. Welcome back, everybody. We are so excited to do our first interview for over a year now. Our last interview was back in 2020, and I am so excited to introduce to you our guest today. You got me as the host, Natalie Shalinda's not here. She is on a show right now on the radio. And our beautiful, beautiful guest today, her name is Johanna. And honestly, before I let her introduce herself, I just want to say like, If this woman didn't come into my life in 2021 when she did, I mean, I was following her for a while. We can talk about that later, but I just loved her Instagram. She came out with a course in 2021 and it was such prime time for me. But honestly, like you can take courses from anyone. Anyways, besides the point, this woman changed my life. She is an online business educator and digital marketing expert, and she helps coaches, or she did help freelancers and coaches grow their market and services businesses online. But we'll talk a little bit more about that. She has been pivoting. It's not just that though, like her presence on social media, she is such a bright shining light. If if she's talking about business or about her own life, whatever she's talking about, you just want to know more. You want to like get in there and just like learn about what she's doing. She's a digital nomad. So she travels all over the place. She is the person you want to follow online. If you want to live vicariously and you want to learn more about life, business, manifesting, all of those cool things. And I honestly, before we get started, I just wanted to thank you so much for on changing my life and we can get into that story. But if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't be here today. SNS Creative wouldn't be here today. So I'm excited to have you on the podcast and I'll give you the floor. Thank you so much. <laughs> Natalie, that was such a warm welcome. Thank you. And thank you for showing up when you're working with me, because honestly, it's always the clients that do it or don't do it. So as much as I appreciate your gratitude is all you. And I've loved watching you shine and just like take action and be so brave in your action and like fearless in pursuit of your goals. It's been amazing. And I'm so happy to be here. So thank you again for having me. Thank you. Thank you. And for those of you that don't know, I took the social media management course from Johanna that came out. I don't know when we started. When did it start? Um, I don't know when we started. The months like literally all blurred together. I know. Same. All I know is I didn't even have the idea of being a social media manager. I had a friend ask me and a week later, Johanna had a webinar pitching her six-week program. And it kind of all happened so simultaneously. So we had our podcasting business prior to that. I was on mat leave and I, I really wanted to start my own business. And like you guys know, I have my degree in marketing, blah, 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 blah. And it just, it happened. And I was told my husband, I'm like, should I do this thing? Like it's, it's a thousand dollars at the time. I'm not sure how much it is now, but it was a thousand dollars. Like, should I invest? He's like, absolutely. You guys, I made my money back within like the second week of the course. <laughs> and it's been mind blowing. I've, can I say a hundred X it? How much would that be? A hundred thousand? No. So I haven't hundred X it, but I've like a lot X. <laughs> if you hundred X it in like two months or three months since it finished, that would be pretty incredible. <laughs> right? No, but I have um 40 X it or something like that. Like a lot because of you. Like it's it's been insane. So thank you. Amazing. Why I don't you that- introduce yourself? Oh yeah, sure. I was just gonna say I love that the course appeared like right on time. I feel like right. that happens so Universe. often. We're looking for a resource and then it comes up and we either have to take the step and be like, hell yes, or we get scared and we're like, no, never mind. I maybe I don't actually want that. And then we just like totally pass. So- oh, and and if I didn't have my husband to be that like, and he does this all the time to be that sounding board, I did that like through your webinar. I was like, yeah, I'm gonna do it. And then I'll get the two calls because I'll do it right now wait, no, I'm not going to do it. Who am I to be a social media manager? Right. And now I have this, I have employees and a full business, but yeah. Yeah. We've gotten so sidetracked, but why don't you introduce yourself and let them know a little bit more about you and the things you got going on now? 
Sure. Yes. So my name is uh, Johanna. My name is Johanna. I almost forgot. Um, first and foremost, I am a coach and an online educator. Like Natalie said before, I, I have been specializing in the freelancer and coaching space. So really helping online service providers build the foundations behind their business. So the people that I have worked with are people that kind of know what their skill is or know what they want their skill to be and their offer to be, but are a bit lost on positioning that offer and choosing a target audience and marketing themselves online so that it can turn into an actual sustainable business. Because I know for freelancers and coaches too, a big fear is how is this going to be sustainable? And usually that fear is coming from the society we grew up in or the people around us saying that freelancing and working for yourself isn't sustainable. So those are all the question marks that I want to just take out of the way and really build a system and a foundation so that their business can flourish no matter what they want it to be. And Natalie mentioned before that I'm in a bit of a transition and what I've noticed from working with this audience and everyone that I connect with online is that I can provide a lot of skills and strategies and I do, but if the mindset piece is missing and the mm -hmm. personal development work isn't happening and sort of a connection to the bigger picture of what you want your look, life to look like and your bigger picture to being connected to humanity on this planet, then that will hold you back way more than not knowing an Instagram strategy. Yeah. So when that hit me, I was sort of like, oh, I need to pivot. I need to bring more of this content onto the internet and it feels so much more alive for me now and so mm -hmm. much more um, important for me. I don't think it's more import important. I think the two pieces work really well together, but just important for me. So that is more what I'm showing up with now, which would just be more personal development mindset and even spirituality in my coaching. And I love it so much. I'm so excited about it. I love that so much. What rang to me, like when you were, when you were saying all of that is it's so freaking important to be connected and to have like not even just a spiritual journey, but the tools to believe in yourself, to manifest, to even know what that means to like business and entrepreneurship is freaking the biggest self-growth thing you'll ever go through. Mm -hmm. And the ups and downs that you go through in a day, never mind in like a week or a month as an entrepreneur or as a new business, like when you're starting something new, how much doubt comes in if you don't have that, just like you said at the beginning, like for me showing up, um, it's because I had all of that. Like I worked on that first and for you to like now bring that in while still giving the tips and the tools, I think that's the full package. And I'm so excited. It's also 1111 right now for anybody who is listening. So I think that's <laughs> I pretty that cool. <laughs> rambling on about right? That's uh, so singer. Yeah. I, I can't believe like how much can happen. And it's so funny where a lot of the times we think we're like looking for those answers. Like I'm so stuck. I don't know how to do this. I just need someone to tell me how to do it. But that doesn't matter at all. I mean, it does matter. Of course it matters because you're not going to be able to get somewhere if you don't have like a roadmap or you can, it'll just take longer. Still to this day, I literally think all the time like, well, what's going to happen when my client contracts run out? Like in six months, I'm not going to have a business and I'm going to have no money. And oh my God. And like that spiral and not knowing what to do with that. I can see people just quitting, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, of course, especially in the beginning and those fears of like, oh, I have this client now, but what if I don't know how to get the next one? And what if this contract runs out and what's going to happen? It's just our brain trying to keep us safe. Like that's yeah. all it is. And when you can recognize that your brain is developed to keep you safe, which means not letting you out of your comfort zone at all costs, because when we can stay in our comfort zone and stay in whatever routine we're in, our brain goes, okay, we're not getting killed here. So we must mm -hmm. be okay. And like, we can continue to go on. But as soon as there's a question mark, the brain is like, nope, we're not, we're not testing the waters here. We're not doing anything else. So you have to really acknowledge that and separate yourself from those thoughts and recognize, oh, my survival mechanism is kicking in. I don't actually need this right now. Thank you, fear. You can go stand in the corner and, um, you know, take a, take a seat in the back and we'll come back to you when we need you when there's actual a life or death situation. Um, but for right now, I'm going to do this and I trust myself and I've got us and then moving forward, but it will keep coming up. So it's just about yeah. recognizing why those thoughts are coming up and just carrying on through them. I think. And do you, do you, do you feel that while doing this pivot, like changing your business and coming back to Canada from Bali for those of you that don't know? Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, just to give a little more context, I've been living in Bali for most of the last two years and coming home in the summer. So the pivot in my business and coming home didn't have anything to do with each other. Like I was okay. going to come home anyway for the summer. It just happened to be like a pivotal point. I guess it all like happened at the same time. Was I scared for sure. Since I was 
14 years old, I always knew what I wanted to do next, what I wanted to create next, where I wanted to be. I knew like what degree I wanted, like, yeah, what I wanted to study, where I wanted to go to school. And then when I started my business, I always was really excited about the next course or training I was going to create in the next offer. And all of a sudden I was in this void of, I don't know what to do. And I have never been there as an adult. And I know Mm. that so many people are very often there as adults. And I can really sympathize with lots of my friends who don't know what they want to do as a career and stuff, but I could never sympathize to the depth now that I can really empathy, (laughs) empathize, empathize with them. um, Because I've finally lived through like a huge period of uncertainty. And there were so many questions. How are you going to make money? Um, Like, if you don't care about this, should you still keep doing it? And do you not care about it? Or do you just need Mm. a break? it was a lot. It was a lot for a long time. Yeah. And that, what you just said, like, do you care about this or do you need a break? I kind of went through the same thing with switching from Crohn's coaching and and health coaching Mm -hmm. and like changing that in a billion ways, going to one-on-one, going to group, like, do I hate this? Is it burning me out or do I need to change the container? So let's talk about a little bit how that affected you. Like, how did you know that it was time to pivot or switch? just my excitement just started to fade because before every time I would do a launch, I would be so excited um, about that and everything that I was created creating, I would feel excited and it started to feel just way more like a chore. Mm-hmm. And my work has never really felt like that. And I'm not here to create work that feels like a chore because yeah. then, you know, I would be working for a business or something. I wouldn't be working for myself. The whole point of working for myself is so that it can be fun and exciting and creative above all else. And I think what I needed to come back to is remembering that I am a creator and it's a bit hard for me to identify with being such a creative because I have been taught and conditioned and put myself into a box of being um, like a businesswoman, an entrepreneur, Mm -hmm. and it has to be strategy and it has to be about money. And I finally just released that and was able to release it and truly surrender and remember how important creation is to me. So now I can start my day with like, what do I get to create today? And for me, um, making a video is very creative. It feels very creative. It doesn't have to be painting or whatever, even though it can be those things. It's just the act of creating that. That's what I am chasing right now. And so what feels exciting for me to create right now is video content. And so that's where I'm going all in on YouTube. Yeah. And you guys will see the link in the bio. So you should definitely go follow her and the videos are awesome. Did your body give you any signs? Yeah. So in, it must've been February or March, I was in a place with work that was good where the money was coming consistently and I had a lot of space. And so I decided to work with a naturopathic doctor and medical intuitive to work on some, what I thought was eczema on my arms that had just been really consistent and annoying. And I know, or I believe that I could heal this eczema, like from the inside out, if I just worked on it. And it was like the second I told my body, Hey body, I'm ready to heal. My body was like, okay, we'll show you everything that's actually going on. Mm -hmm. And before I knew it, this was spreading all up my neck. It was on my face. Then I got ulcers in my throat from an antibiotic that I was like improperly misdiagnosed on. And it was just like, my body was breaking down, but also what it was doing was showing me what was going on. And so this rash spread all over my body, my arms and legs by this time it's July and I'm back home in Canada. And it was just, yes, fierce, fierce rash that I think was also a symptom of burnout. And when I realized that I just got so sad with myself actually, because I had, I really consider myself a healthy person and, um, I know the importance of work-life balance and I preach it. And I really thought that I was living that and embodying that, but for the past five years, the past one year, maybe did embody that. But the years before that, I was very intense with my business. I was still finishing a, a nutritional science degree and I was working a different job as a server as well. And just everything was put towards building this business, which has totally panned out, but it could have probably been more balanced from the beginning. And so I think my body has a lot of stress stored from Mm -hmm. my whole life in general, just as we all do. And it was just ready for rest, for deep rest. Yeah. And maybe like even saw that fact that you were coming home, right. To like a safe space in, yeah, that's really cool. So you came home and then what did you do? Yeah. So I came home um, in the middle of June and then I spent a lot of time in my room at my parents' house. So because I don't live here most of the year, I, I've stayed with my parents the last two summers for about three months in our home. It's a nice big home. There's lots of space. We get along great. So that's all good. But the amount of time that I've spent in this bedroom that we are now talking from is a lot. And it <laughs> felt sort of like a dark night of the soul, which was mm. another thing that I didn't have a good impression of. I thought it would be like one literal dark night, but no, I think it's weeks and weeks of sort of like, reflecting and 
being in this void and I just spent so much time here not working during July and I started to sort of play around with different things that I wanted to do because I had nothing else to do with my time. So for example, I spent a lot of time playing this guitar that I barely touched in a long time. I tried to learn some TikTok dances. I read a bunch of books. I bought a bunch of books, started them, put them down, listened to different podcasts, tried to learn some stuff. Then my medical intuitive was like, hey, you need to stop learning stuff. And just relax. <laughs> He's like, if you have so much time on your hands, spend it meditating. And I was like, okay, I'm relaxing. I'm relaxing. Um, but I have never rested so much napping every day, uh, not working out. This is the longest in my adult life that I haven't worked out for because I just really needed to give my, myself a break. And it was that act of surrendering and slowing down and resting that fully, truly allowed me to rejuvenate. And in the beginning, I didn't even believe it. You know, I didn't believe that rest would actually work. Yeah. And lo and behold, it does. <laughs> Oh my gosh. There's so much gold in that. I, I admire so much how you like took a big break off of Instagram, off of all social media platforms, even though that's where your income comes from, even though like probably in your mind, you're like, like, that's like kind of my nine to five. Like that's where, you know, I've been building this for five years. How can I just stop? Mm-hmm. But you did. And like, look at your skin. Like we're looking through video right now, but it's so clear. It looks so beautiful. I remember your stories from traveling, like here from or to Canada from Bali. And it was, it looked so painful. Mm-hmm. Like it looked like your body was really saying like, it's time to time out. And it's interesting how our bodies scream that at us. Like, I feel like mine did that to me with my Crohn's disease, um, just out of a lot of stress and pressure I put on myself. And I'm sure a lot of our listeners have that point. Another thing that stuck out to me was like the dark night of the soul. I think when we don't listen, our, our, like our intuition, our body, our everything is like louder and louder and louder. And for me, that whole year, 2020, um, on mat leave was that for me, like, of course my daughter was the biggest joy in the world. But then once, you know, the beginning newborn stages and I'm sitting at home, like doing nothing all by myself where I've been hustling for the last like 12 years since university, all of a sudden I'm a stay at home mom doing nothing, making no money. And I'm like, what is happening? You know? And it takes, it takes a lot of time before when you, when you take that time aside to be whatever you want to be to actually resting, like you mentioned, you know, you're like, Oh, it's going to take a day. And then I, you start filling it with things. I did the same. I'm like, okay, I'm going to learn this. I'm going to do that. And then I'm like, now I'm even more tired than I was. (laughs) Yeah. A transition period is a real thing. Like it's actual space and it just Mm. has to be space. So how do you, how did you transition from like trying to learn and fill the time to just allowing yourself to rest? Um, I think I realized what, a f- what too full was in a day. And I was able to listen to my body better when it was tired and be able to take a nap. Like I said, before I would maybe nap, I don't know, three times a year. And it was usually a result of a really late night for whatever reason. <laughs> um, but other than that, a nap was like represented laziness to me mm-hmm. and all of these things that just, that just aren't true. It's just, it's just rest. And so the more time I was alone off social media, like you said, wasn't watching TV or anything, the more in tune I got with my body really quickly. And I think that becoming in tune with your body is so powerful and it's crazy how much we miss, especially because lots of us are just, just like strong people and we can just put ourselves through a lot without recognizing that our body is talking to us all of the time. It's like mm-hmm. this amazing, amazing machine that's just responding, responding, responding all the time. So like headache, a stomach ache, sore muscles, tension in our body, it's always there. And we can just so easily push through. But if we just stop and take a breath, even and feel into our body, you're probably going to recognize right away. Oh, my hip is tight. Oh, my shoulder hurts. Oh, my neck. And that's your body asking you for something. So the more in tune I got with my body, the more I realized how much was too much during this rest period. And now I can like recognize that I can do way more in a day because I am, I'm better. I'm like so much healthier than I was. I love that so much. And even for those of you that have chronic illnesses, I know that when I did, like when my Crohn's was at its worst, I still have Crohn's, but when it was at its worst, I would be like, well, I can't listen to mine. It's broken, but there's still like the Crohn's, the, the autoimmune disease, the chronic illness, like there's still not only is that a sign in and of itself, but there is other signs. Like you just said, like a headache or a shoulder pain or, um, like whatever it is, your body is always telling you something, but a lot of the times we don't know how to quiet down to listen. 
And um, like even meditation, I don't love meditation. And it wasn't until I found breath work that I was able to actually listen, like in the moments after the breath work where I was like, oh shit, like Mm -hmm. I have not been listening, you know, like I've, and even to this day, like I still, I'm in a program now, uh, I think it's like a four month container, even longer than that, where every Thursday, like we are doing deep somatic work and breath work. And it is so hard because when do we take that time to listen, you know, like to slow down, especially as moms, especially as entrepreneurs, we just like, it feels like it's never ending hustle. And like to sit down at your desk and quiet, where, where do we make the time for that? So I love that you came home and did that and and that it was so synchronistic with, with your travel back to Canada. Um, I would love to know what kind of advice you would give to entrepreneurs who maybe are like in the beginning of their journey and are feeling maybe burnout already and like what they can do to not hit that extreme. Yeah. Good question. There's so many tools we can use so many, so many things that we can talk about there. And I think the first thing is to recognize that your business is a baby, you know, like treat it like a baby. It just, it doesn't know what it's doing. It's just new. It's figuring things out and it's okay to test different things and not put so much pressure on yourself that this needs to be a hundred thousand dollar business in two mm-hmm. years. And maybe it will be, and maybe it won't be, but it's new. It's like a toddler at best. And so just giving yourself that grace, um, with the success of your business. But then when it comes to yourself and your own body and your own health, just really putting that first, because that is why you're building this business business. You must be building it for some sort of freedom at the end of the day, whatever that looks like for you. And if you are still burnt out and exhausted and miserable, then you might as well be doing anything else because it it doesn't matter when you're not prioritizing yourself. And it can feel like I need to get this done, especially when you have a project that you want to create, but there is no race. There's actually no race. And whatever pressure you're putting on yourself, it's coming from you or it's coming from some ideal that you've created. And I think it's amazing to have goals and deadlines. And that's, what's going to get us, you know, where we want to go and intention and everything like that. But putting your body and your health first is so important or else you will learn it the hard way, no matter what it's going to come. Exactly. And finding a way to balance that feminine and masculine energy is, is hard, but like doing it, (laughs) is necessary to have a successful business. That's so cool. Sure. I love that you brought up the feminine masculine because it's a concept that I hadn't even heard about except Mm -hmm. for in the last two years. And I think what it means for me to try and describe it the best that I can is that masculine energy in a business. First of all, we both have masculine and feminine energies available to us at all times. Masculine energy in your business is like the strategy and structure and it's the container and all of that. And the feminine energy is more of the flow and the creativity and the energy that gets to fill that container. And so they can both work together so beautifully, but we are living in a masculine energy dominated society, especially Mm -hmm. in entrepreneurship and business. And so it feels like we need to be in this strategy and sort of like A plus B equals C energy all the time. And it doesn't give a lot of room for just, um, just flowing, I think is really the best word, but so much magic can happen when you just trust that things are going to fall into place for you, especially when you are following a passion and following a desire, because if this idea has come to you to create a product or service or whatever it is that you're doing, it is yours on purpose because that idea is not in many other people's head. And some people will even think that idea is horrible or scoff at it or be like, why would you want to do that? So it's yours on purpose. And when it's yours on purpose, it means that the universe is also willing to support you through that, but you have to let go of the control a little bit and just trust that there's so much more available for you than you can even imagine. And the last thing that I want to say about that, um, I was listening to something earlier today and it was reminding me how much how much knowledge our subconscious mind has that is not in the forefront of our brain all the time. So all we need to do is use that small part of our active brain that we have and allow the rest of our mind to find the tools and seek out and give us the ideas that we need as it rolls out. So we can plan or we can want to plan step one to 100, but you know, as an entrepreneur that by step three, the rest of the steps are going to change. So it's way better to just allow that flow in from the beginning. And it's uh, yeah, really powerful to practice having that feminine energy in business too, whether you're a man or a woman. Oh my gosh. I love that so much. And it's so important. Like it's so important when you start trying to plan everything and you don't let it flow, it feels hard. Like it feels like you're tracking through mud. Mm-hmm. And I always tell everyone, like, if you're tracking through mud in business, it, there's something needs to shift. Yeah, I noticed that, like, when I'm creating content, um, you know what? I don't even think I've told you listeners what I'm even doing yet, to be honest. As a social media manager, I don't think we've even launched an episode at the point of this episode coming out. So 
just to backtrack, if you don't follow us on social media, um, you did have an episode that was talking about um, me starting this course because I think we recorded it like right around that time. But since then, uh, we've built SNS Creative. There's a podcasting side. There's a social media side. I do a lot of the content creation, even though we have employees, I do a lot of like the caption writing. And I noticed depending on what time of the month it was, it either felt really, really hard or it felt so easy that it came out all at once. And I'm like, what is this? And then I started hearing things, people talking about like creating on that time of your month or that time of the month for a woman and like during your period and it's easier, it's harder. And I started noticing that like, if I was on my period, I just couldn't create. Like Mm -hmm. it just, it is so hard. It's just not possible. And same with the week before or after, I can't really remember. So I started switching and I created a bunch of extra content so that I could create the following month in a time where it worked. And it like flew out of me. Like it would literally just poured out. It was done. And I'm like, wow, did that have to be so hard for the last few months? (laughs) Oh my gosh. Isn't it amazing how we are as yeah, female bodies on a 28 day cycle and our hormones work on a 28 day cycle and men work on a 24 hour cycle. And so much of our, our life is built. Society is built on 24 hour cycles, but there is so much power in structuring your business around Mm -hmm. your menstrual cycle. And it doesn't make sense for everyone, of course, but if you can just fit in creativity during, I think like ovulation is a really good time or calls when there's like a certain week the luteal week, I think when you would feel super social. And then when you're going into your period, the couple of days before and during it, you probably feel more recluse. And maybe that's when you want to do like admin stuff and stuff where you're more by yourself. You don't have big meetings or team meetings. Um, yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing how just giving yourself that and your body is going to support that. And it's another yeah. way to use our bodies as the amazing tools that they are um, to support us in business. And even just opening your eyes to feel like, how am I feeling? Like, does mm-hmm. this suck right now? <laughs> let's let's find a way to move that around. Like I was listening to a podcast the other day where she's like, I don't take any calls before 11 a.m. Mm-hmm. I was like, I don't want to take any calls after 11 a.m. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Or, or maybe like noon, but it's, we all work differently. So like something that works for me or you might not work for the next person, but being an entrepreneur, you have to figure that out. Cause if you just keep doing things you hate, what are you doing this for? For sure. And I think it's just another example of giving yourself the grace for what you need. And so what you said, some people like calls in the morning, some like them in the evening. And I think there's this other pressure of having to be like part of the 5am club or whatever Mm -hmm. it is to be a successful business owner. And I think for some bodies that just doesn't work. And I read something so interesting the other day that was saying that back in caveman times, some people had to stay up all night and some people had to like be up during the day. So there was actually in our DNA, some people that are more wired to be awake and creative at night and some that are more wired to be thriving during the day. So it probably makes sense for a lot of people to stay up till 2 a.m. and work and then sleep till 10 a.m. It doesn't matter what eight hours of sleep you get. It really doesn't matter. But there's this weird 5 a.m. thing. And if you've done the 5 a.m. mornings, it usually does feel super productive, but it's because there's no one texting you. Maybe your phone's off. It's super quiet in your house. It's super quiet in the streets. And that can also be the same energy that exists at 1 a.m. and 2 a.m. too. Right. Yeah. The collective. Mm -hmm. That's so cool. I love it. So let's talk about more what's like, what's sparking you and exciting you. So you, you mentioned a bit like about creating the videos where do you have like an idea where that's going to go in business and what you're creating? Yeah. It's actually interesting to talk about right now because I'm actually in the transition. It feels a bit vulnerable still because Aww. I feel like we always hear, hear these stories of, oh, my business was this, but then I changed it to this. And now it's a multi-million right. business and you kind of hear that. I can't wait to have you back on. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we will have to, but right now I'm still sort of playing and something that I have not given myself permission to do since I was very, very young is play. Mm-hmm. And even that word for me in the beginning, um, feels like really triggering and upsetting. And I'm just like, oh, that's so immature to talk about playing as an adult. Like what, <laughs> you know what I hear other adults saying, like we're like yeah. playing. And, um, so to now give me permit, give myself permission to just relax on being so, um, money driven or, you know, build, build, build driven, but to just play with what feels creative feels really good. So that's where the YouTube channel um, feels so exciting for me right now. And I, in hindsight, it's like, why did I not do this sooner? But I think um, I've been so heavily focused on Instagram. I've done really well there. I like the platform. I love showing up on Instagram stories. They're such like a candid way to interact with people, but video is a strong suit of mine. I already know how to edit videos and stuff. And when I learned more about YouTube, I just see the value in having um, part of my personal brand there. So that's what feels good. As far as that content goes, I think at the beginning, it's going to be a little more 
widespread versus niche. So I've been showing up there with personal development videos, mindset videos. Uh, the one I'm editing today is called How I Healed Through Exploring My Past Lives. So mm-hmm. that's more into the spiritual side. I'll probably include a couple travel ones and a couple business ones and then kind of see what feels exciting for me, kind of see what where people respond. Um, and then just go from there. And as far as working clients go, I'm still taking clients one-on-one for business coaching, mindset coaching, and um, yeah, spirituality as well, depending on what they need. So I'm just calling it personal coaching, which it always is anyway, even though it's always been a heavy business focus. So that's, that's, what's exciting. I love that so much. It's so cool to see like this, this such a vulnerable state in business. Cause a lot of, like you said, a lot of people don't share that. It's like, you feel maybe not 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 accomplished but like confused almost or like i don't know what the next steps is next steps oh my goodness but yeah i and i've been there so it's thank you for showing up and like sharing that and sharing your journey and then all of our listeners can follow along and see the next steps and so but you still are launching the social media manager course are you or the or those courses you're still doing them yeah so the social media manager course and solopreneur bootcamp which is more of a 12 week it's a 12 week course for freelancers and coaches and then the social media manager is specifically how to learn how to be a social media manager they're both available there's just not going to be group cohorts right now okay so if someone goes into it they can still do it as self-study and they will get one-on-one support from me so in a way you could see that maybe that's more valuable because there's more one-on-one coaching but without the group so that's just what makes most sense for me right now totally in order to prioritize what i want which is like playing and being creative and focusing on YouTube to have a big group just feels like my energy would be split in a way that I don't want it to be. I love supporting groups and supporting people. It's just so much fun. I love teaching to groups, but right now that's just what makes the most sense. So those, those programs are available. That's so cool to see like you, you were, are, you are, or were both, you both are a mentor to me. And to see like you transitioning and listening to what feels best and like even just that one course that you created, which has so much value and literally gives you everything you need to build an online business, even just taking that and switching it a little just to make it feel better. Like that's, that's huge. So yeah. Also, I wanted to touch on the play because I feel the same way about that word when I was like, we first started hearing it kind of like on the online space and people talking about playing within business, but it's, it's been something I've really incorporated since I started this business was one day a month, I would go to Thermia, which is like a Nordic spa here in Winnipeg where it has like different, I don't know, saunas and hot tubs and whatever. And it's so good. And I would never have allowed that before. Like it's a minimum of a $200, $300 day. Mm -hmm. And it is so rejuvenating for me. And it's not even the money. It's just like going there for the full day and having fun and eating whatever I want to eat and like doing whatever I want to do and allowing that within, within the business building and within the hustle and within like doing what we do as adults, like being a mom, being a parent, doing whatever you're doing is so important or else what are we living for? You know, and seeing my daughter grow up and just like seeing her just being so curious and having fun and just like knowing how to play and to enjoy life and nothing else mattering is like, oh, okay. You know, like those things that we thought were so important really aren't at the end of the day, if you're not happy. Yeah, of course. So that's, that's super cool of like finding the ways. So maybe let's touch on like, how are you playing now in business? And like how, I know you mentioned the videos, but are there, is there anything else you're doing that's bringing you joy? Yeah. So the videos is definitely the big one. Um, it feels, <laughs> I don't want to use the word reckless, but like, oh, it's like, oh, I don't have a niche. And like, I know the importance of niching and I know how as a strategy niching really works. And so yeah. of course, that's why I teach that to my clients. And then another example is I want to be doing some more low ticket workshops. So to come on a live workshop with me Mm -hmm. will be probably like 37 to $45 or something. That is not a business model that I would recommend for a lot of people, especially when you're starting out, because if you're trying to sell a low ticket offer, you need to make hundreds of sales to make a lot of money. And of course, if you go all in on that with SEO and I don't know if you're on Etsy and you have a product, it can work. It can always work. But what really works as an online service provider is having a higher ticket offer. And that just makes more sense. So that also kind of feels like play for me because it feels like what I want to do and not what is the most strategic, probably money-making thing. And so it's okay if my books don't look as good as they did last year, as far as profit goes, because this is my space that I'm giving myself to just do what feels good. And I trust that 
the things that I make are still going to get to the people that they are important for. And that's all that matters. Really. That's so cool. Like even the concept of playing within business, it's, it's funny that you mentioned that. Cause I did a few masterclasses this, like in August I did three or four and I actually, they did really well and it was so fun. And it's just such a different way to look at things like playing within business. You're not only you're showing up with joy, but the people who are on the other side of that, who are purchasing those $37, like they're getting so much more value because you're showing up and you want to be there. Right. Versus like, ah, I need to make more money. I need to make a higher ticket offer. Like I need to, I need to, I need to, versus like, I want to, I want to show up. And that's what I teach a lot of my clients is like, when you just show up with your heart and even with this podcast, like I never script, well, like sometimes we script points, but that's like the bit, that's the farthest we'll go. We've never sent an interviewee questions or anything like that. Cause like, I feel like, I don't know, there's always a place. There's always something that needs to come out that doesn't need to be scripted. And it's so like, I guess that's who I am as a person, but if you show up with your heart and like with your intentions and with the love and the the goal being to serve others and to help others. I think like, like you said, it'll always get to the person who needs to hear it. Yeah. I love that you just mentioned with the intention to serve, because I think that is when the most beautiful work comes through, but it also needs to be with so much trust because if you're saying my intention is to serve and your intuition is telling you, okay, you need to do it through mindset coaching, not business coaching, then that can feel so scary. Oh my gosh. The money's not there and all of these things. And it just has to be, it has to it comes back, I guess, to what we said in the beginning about being connected to kind of the bigger picture. And I think this is where spirituality like first starts to come in, Mm -hmm. especially if it's not something that you have in your life right now. It's just knowing that you are here on purpose, that these ideas, like I said before, are on purpose. And it's so much more connected to the bigger picture of what, what the planet needs from you. I believe that to be so true. And all we need to do is like follow our joy. And I think that Mm -hmm. sounds a little bit like, oh, if only it was that easy. And I have people in my DMs that are like, oh, but I still have bills to pay. So does everyone. Right. Everyone that ever wanted to make a change. It's not about just, you know, throwing everything to the wind. It's just like, (laughs) how can I make a micro decision to make this change every day, slowly, slowly to get where I want to go? Exactly. It's not like quit your job tomorrow and F the mortgage payment and your, your kids and everything else. Like you can make it work, right? Like obviously the best time for me to transition to being my own business owner probably isn't right when I have a newborn baby, but like you do what you got to do. <laughs> yeah. And you figure it out. And like, exactly. if you're an adult right now, listening to this podcast, you've figured it out so far, whatever has come in your way, you've mm-hmm. figured it out. So you're going to be able to figure out the next thing. And when I decided to go full-time in my business too, I quit a competitive program that I had got accepted in six months or six weeks into it. In which- university, right? Yeah, it was post-grad, like another one-year program to become a registered dietitian. I dropped it six weeks in and that was um, like dumb for a number of reasons. I had paid for it. That means I took someone else's spot. Like if I had made that decision before, then someone else could have got in. So there's a lot of reasons not to quit. I had just paid for a car in cash, $12,000, all my savings. I was like, sure, I'll just put in this car. Oh, great. Now I like am going full-time in my business. So there's always going to be a reason to say, I can't do this right now. It's pretty easy to think of excuses actually. Um, So we just need to push through them. And I think as soon as you make the decision, the universe is going to throw a few more at them at you to be like, are you sure? Mm. Are you really sure you want to do this? Like, I'm going to test you and you have to say yes one more time. I feel that always happens like to everyone. Yeah, I think <laughs> so. you can, for sure. And sometimes it's super easy though. And as soon as you give yourself the space, yeah. I always say this with people who are looking to create more clients, but they still have so much more on their plate. So it's scary to be like, oh, I need to give up this 10 hour a week job that I have, but I actually don't want to do it, but I need more clients. And there comes a point, sort of like a pressure point where yeah. you have to create that space somehow. And then everything else will will flood in. And when you let go of that client you don't like, or that small, like five, 10 hour a week job, finally, you'll be surprised at what else shows up at your door. Oh my gosh. I want to like bow down, but like seriously. And and yeah. even you saying like, let go of that client you don't like, because sometimes you have a client and you're holding on to them and you're like, I need them. I need them because they bring in X, my X amount a month, but like how much energy are they taking from you? Yeah. Firing clients is okay. (laughs) Love that. With this transition that you're doing, like changing over, but still kind of doing the, the courses, how are you, are you transitioning your personal brand? Are you still showing up on Instagram? Are you like going to merge them? What are you doing? (laughs) Mm, Yeah. Good question. So I'm definitely going to keep using Instagram because I have such an amazing large (laughs) audience there or not large, like 12,000 followers, but 
it is an amazing platform and people, I really get to connect with people there. So as much as my first YouTube video was like, why I'm breaking up with Instagram it was a little <laughs> bit clickbaity because I'm still going to be using Instagram. But what I think is so powerful in this transition is that I have a personal brand and I teach the value of personal branding to whoever I can, because if my business coaching was hidden behind a logo only, mm. then when that changes, there's no reason for people to stay with that logo, for example. So if my page was just a business page titled whatever business and it changes, then that's just gone. But when you have a personal brand, people are bought into you as a person and your personality and the energy that you bring behind whatever it is. So then you get to evolve which with whatever comes next and people will still stay with you. Um, and even if your next offer doesn't make sense for them, they will still be referrals for you and they will still speak to their network about you. And all of that is so, so powerful. And that's why I think personal branding and having your face as part of the brand is so important. And I know that so, so many important. people that come to me are so scared to have their self on camera and, you know, and they just want to, they want to have their team and stuff. And that's all great too. You can definitely show off your team, but if you are the face of your brand, then evolving is so much easier. I am obsessed. I'm literally obsessed with this conversation because actually like so many people ask us at SNS Creative how we do that on this side of things. And like transitioning from Crohn's coaching to being a social media manager is literally, there's not even a thread. Like there's no thread. <laughs> there are like people who have chronic illnesses to women entrepreneurs where like, I mean, you can have a chronic illness, but it's not the, it's not the same demographic. I've been building my personal brand on Instagram since 2018. Mm -hmm. And even before I transitioned to social media manager, I transitioned to like new mommy and was doing a lot of influencer posts, I'd say, and like paid posts and, and brand and exchanges and collabs and things like that. But the people who comment on my posts, still some of them have been around since 2018 and like they have Crohn's and they message me and we're like friends now. And yeah. there's so many of them that have stuck around, even though they have literally nothing to do with what I post about. Like they might not even have kids or a business or anything. It's like they have become invested in your life. And like, even with me with YouTube, like I YouTube is my relaxing at the end of the night. I binge watch what I call stupid YouTube. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you guys have watched, um, oh, oh my gosh, Trisha Paytas or like Tana Mojo or like those types of people. No. Yeah. Don't. Cause it's probably a waste <laughs> of your time <laughs> to be honest. But it's like drama YouTube. And like, that's how I can turn off at the last like 30 minutes of the day. Or else I'm also obsessed with jail YouTube, like people who have been to jail. It's the best. You can go down that that road. It's actually fun. Oh my um, gosh. I'm so new on YouTube that I don't even know what exists on there. Oh, I spend hours and hours every day, like every day. And I also love watching podcasts on YouTube. But having like having people like, for example, the people I watch on YouTube have transitioned and have completely different YouTube videos now, but because I really became to love them as a person from their personal brand, I like watching that transition. And I'm sure that's going to happen to you as well. Like even me, I'm, I'm the one in your DMs. Like, can you tell me more about your dating journey? I want to know more. Like what is happening? <laughs> what are you not sharing? And like having that, that connection, obviously you don't have to share all your personal stuff with your audience, but like them knowing you as a person and showing up in your face, it, it's going to help in anything you do in business. So what we did is I have my personal brand that's for the success. It used to be for the health on Instagram. And so I transitioned. I, it, I call it like my diary. It has been since day one. Like I talk about having accidents at university and like, <laughs> you know, crazy things like that to now I talk about being a mom. And like today specifically, I posted about really missing my daughter because she, after a long weekend, and now I'm back to work and trying to fit five days into four. And like, I just miss her smile and her laugh and and that, you know, the days we had. So I really post about the behind the scenes on that page. Mm -hmm. And then we have SNS Creative where we have employees. We have the podcast production where I have my business partner, Shalinda, co-host to this podcast, Shalinda. And then I have myself and then our, our employees, they show up on there as well. And we like do shout out posts and stuff like that. So that's kind of, I, I know typically it's best to have one Instagram page. And I actually tell my clients to do the same, like don't start a business page and a personal page. It typically doesn't make sense in our business. We did because of the business partner, Shalinda and the co-host and the podcast and the podcast production and social media. There's a lot of like a lot of things to post about that. I didn't want to post on my personal page. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I continue my personal brand. And then I would say my business partner and, and co-host Shalinda, she is one of Canada's like top radio show hosts. She's on radio 
stations all across, like from BC, I'm pretty sure, but for sure to Toronto and like all over the place. And she's on air from like five in the morning until sometimes noon, um, like recording shows. So she is kind of the behind the scenes. I would say she doesn't post as much about our business or really at all um, and or really build like a business brand online. But she is like when we have a podcasting client, they do have time with her. And so I would say she's kind of like, yeah, the behind the scenes, like co-owner and I kind of like it that way. And she really likes it that way too. So even when we have calls with new clients, I'm the one who shows up on a Zoom call. And then later on, if they sign on, she shows up. So it's very different than like any business structure I've really ever seen. But yeah, it I was just for us. Say, this conversation is a good example of three different people using personal branding in three different ways. Like mine is blended, yours is separate. And then she's sort of in the behind the scenes. And so it really is not a one size fits all thing. Yeah. But where I really push people to show up as their personal brand is when they're kind of playing small out of fear and they're hiding yes. graphics and they're hiding behind a logo. And I'm just like, if you would just show up as your personality or with whatever amount of your personality you feel comfortable sharing, that's, what's going to set you apart from all of the other service providers in your same industry. Cause if I'm looking for a virtual assistant, I look at five Instagram pages, they all have nice Canva graphics on them and no one's face. I'm not gonna be able to tell the difference. Exactly. So it's when I can see that person, um, especially now more than ever on video that I think it's so powerful. And so if I could encourage online entrepreneurs or whoever's listening to do something, if you, ha- if you want a personal brand, if it's going to bring you value would be to get comfortable on video and it feels sticky in the beginning and feels robotic. And then it just gets infinitely easier so fast because so really you're, much easier. you're just talking and being yourself. You do that all day. And literally like people are like, well, but who wants to hear about my love of whatever, you know, whatever it is, pink pom-poms. I don't know, but there is like, we just talked about YouTube rabbit holes. There is and TikTok. And like, I fell down a two hour TikTok. I don't even go on TikTok, fell down a two hour hole yesterday. Very not good use of my time. (laughs) But there is, there is rabbit holes for literally whatever you like. I swear if you guys search up, what did I say? Pink pom-poms or something. I'm sure there is a rabbit hole about that. So whatever you love, there is your people who love that too. But if you're just posting graphics, like Johanna said, like nobody wants to see more graphics without a face behind them. Like graphics are cool. There there's a good use for them. But if there's not a face, if you're not talking to your audience, if you're not showing up and like they know who you are and your quirks and the things about you that are different, then why should they even why should they even purchase from you or follow you or whatever show up for you and be there for you for whatever you're asking them to do even if it's as small as a like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. That. And it was a good point. You said like, why would anyone care about my breakfast or whatever it is? And I always reference those things as like connection points, because when you are vacuuming your house, everyone else vacuums their house. So they're like, oh yeah, vacuuming. <laughs> and you can just relate to that. Someone it makes, it makes the other person seem very real. Um, but if it's all just like business and this and that, then there's no human element behind it. So sharing things, because we all know, we look at our Instagram stories and we look at someone's breakfast and we look at someone's coffee and we look at someone playing with their kids in the park. And we just keep looking at it because it's really relatable. And so it's not, it's not boring, obviously, because we all look at it. And it's something you actually taught me in the social media manager course that I repeat to everyone is like, look at your own habits. What are you doing on social media? Like, are you, like you just said, like, are you looking at other people's breakfast? Are you watching their stories? Are you like wanting to know about their boyfriend or dating experiences? (laughs) Even though they don't share any of that, what are you like, what do you like? What are you saving? What are, and then just take a look at what you're doing and then repeat that and you'll, you'll find success. Like, it's so cool. So since you are like the social media guru and Instagram guru, um, I just want to know before we wrap up what your take on reels are. Ooh, okay. I'm going to have a polarizing opinion about this because I haven't really been using them. They kind of annoy me because I don't really think that they're going to translate into clients directly. Because if I watch someone for 15 seconds, even if they gave me value, is it value that I can like remember and also use in my life? Like if I'm learning an actual skill, it's probably coming from a long form online course, YouTube video, something like that. Um, and Instagram, as much as I'm like, give value, give value. I read these long captions, they're valuable, but then I go on to the next caption in one yeah. second. And so it kind of is like in one ear, not the other. And I think reels are an even faster version of that. At the same time, there's a high demand. People are watching them. They're super entertaining. I think they can apply um, for many, many industries. I think they can give a lot of authority too. If you really like show up and you're giving quick facts about your industry or your business or whatever makes sense and showing people that you know what 
you're talking about, but I don't know if they are the end all be all for turning mm. into sales and clients. That's where I'm just like, nah, I don't know. I don't know. I love that. Yeah. Cause I've been following down the real rabbit hole recently, just like as a social media manager, I've seen a few accounts go to a hundred thousand in three months because right. of reels. Yeah. Um, it's crazy how people, how viral people are going. And even like social media managers and stuff like that, I've noticed, um, mm-hmm. You know, I have a client whose reel went viral, like, I don't know, 200,000, 300,000 mm-hmm. views. And it definitely translated to more followers. So, like, I've been kind of trying to learn. But, I, like you said, I think reels can be a cool tool just to show up, to show value. But if you don't have like videos, if you're not talking in your stories, if you're not providing value, if you don't have a buy now button somewhere for them to, go to learn more, to purchase from you. Don't waste your time on reels. Like they are hard. I tried to do a 30 day challenge. I think I did like four days. Uh-huh. I, like, I I need, there's a lot of other things in business I need to be doing than reels right now. And uh, you know, but so that I think I love that opinion. Like they can be a tool, but they're not how you're going to grow your business. Yeah. And I think they are a cool tool for getting more exposure, but it's still a top of funnel sort of thing. And there's still a lot of work you need to do to turn someone into a client. So just making sure that you're still doing those, like moving the needle forward things in your business too, and making sure that you're still telling people how they can work with you and, and all of that good stuff, but they are, it is really cool right now. And so if you're someone who hasn't played around with it, or if you're trying to build your audience, I would definitely commit some time there to just see what kind of traction you could get. It will be amazing practice for making content too. So yeah. Pros and cons for sure. Like everything. It is fun. It is fun to like learn how to do some of the transitions and stuff and then watch them after. Although also very glitchy, especially I think if you have a Samsung and can be very frustrating. So just beware. <laughs> yeah. I've seen some people saying it's not lining up the audio maybe or something like that. And just everything. Sometimes you make a full reel and it completely crashes. And I like, I've spent like days when I used to make reels with my mom and my daughter cooking just for fun during that leave, I would make a full reel with like days and days. And I would put like a bunch of writing and recipes and it would just crash and turn off. Right when I was ready to export and I was like (gasps) (laughs) yeah and they really can take an hour to make I would say oh my gosh not like at a minimum some of them are obviously quick but same with actual Instagram posts too and I think Mm -hmm. sometimes people think that social media should be fast and then we're frustrated with how long it takes even though it always takes so long even for me to make an Instagram story and put the text over it or whatever it's taking at least 15 minutes to record it maybe I have to record it twice that's 15 minutes. A post is going to take an hour between editing it, writing the caption, editing the caption. And so we just need to give ourselves like that space to take the 30 minutes or 45 yeah. or an hour to make a post. Or hire a social media manager. <laughs> or hire a social media manager. Yeah. But then knowing how valuable that social media manager oh is. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So and even then, like they still have to put in work. They still have to get photos and like even have caption ideas or still be involved, right? Even when you have a social media manager, it still takes time out of your month, at least to, to make sure that your social media, and even then still have to show up with your face on stories and whatever, so that people can get value from you. I have loved this conversation. I literally can't wait to have you back. So whenever you're ready to come back and share the updates, we would love to welcome you. So let us know where we can find you. Of course, all everything will be linked in the show notes and whatever else you have exciting going on that our listeners should follow you on. Sure. Okay. So on Instagram, I'm at J-O-H-H-H-A-N-N-A, three H's, spells Johanna. I think it'll be linked in the show notes. My YouTube channel, you'll have to find in the show notes because there's no cool URL to tell you. It would just be like a nightmare to try and remember. Um, And then I am planning to do some exciting workshops in September, October, and November. September's is going to be um, time management Mm -hmm. and how to manage your time in a way that leaves you feeling grounded and focused. The October one is going to be on email marketing. And then November. I honestly don't remember. So you'll just have to uh, stay tuned. Just follow along. And uh, (laughs) hopefully we can hang out and connect. Thank you so much for having me, Natalie. I'm sure we will speak soon after the DMs. All right, guys. It's not only possible to be sick and successful, it is possible for you.